hello and welcome to the Holistic Fitness Podcast, where you'll learn how to get your goals without burning out. I'm your host, Laurie, and this show isn't just about movement and nutrition. You probably already know that exercise and nutrition is important for your mental and physical health and well-being. It's also about stress management, mindset, shedding those limiting beliefs, and working through some of that childhood trauma while you're at it. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Marcella Raimondo, PhD and MPH. Marcella is a passionate and spirited clinical trainer speaking from her heart on social justice and eating disorders since 1995. She is on the About Face Board of Founders and a consultant. She was also on the advisory board for the Association of Size, Health and Diversity, on the advisory board of Eating Disorder Recovery Support as past president and served as co-chair of the Academy of Eating Disorder Diversity, Equity and Inclusion Committee. Marcella currently serves as a licensed clinical psychologist in Kaiser Pimenti's Eating Disorder Clinic in Oakland and runs a private practice. Marcella herself has recovered from anorexia nervosa over 20 years ago. Marcella trains in Hand-to-Hand Self-Defense Center in Oakland. Her eating disorder recovery and martial arts training inspire her dedication to her multicultural body nurturance and community celebration. We spoke about diet culture, weight loss myths, and body liberation. If you know that you've had disordered relationships with eating or engage in restrictive dieting and then binge eating patterns, then you are going to want to tune into this one and learn so much from Marcella's expertise. How are you going today, Marcella? I'm going great. Uh, we have a little reprieve from the rain here in Oakland, California. So it's, it's, it's sunny. Uh, so, um, today's going to be a, today's going to be a really nice day. Oh, lucky you. We've got rain in Greenville, South Carolina, and it's actually St. Patrick's Day when we're recording this, even though I know it'll be released later on. Um, <laughs> but all of the St. Patrick's Day events this evening have been canceled because of the rain. Oh, okay. Sorry, yeah. I'm sorry to hear. That's all right. Only sorry for people going. Anyways, right. I'm extremely excited to have you on the podcast, Marcella. One, because like as I was mentioning to you earlier, you are very educated, a doctor, in fact. So it's always nice to have folks that have studied this in inside and out. But I also know you have a backstory like with regards to eating disorders and diet culture, weight loss myths, and you know, the work that you do, I'm I'm just extremely excited about and passionate about myself. But usually when somebody like goes this deep into this sort of work. There's a reason why. Can you share the context that listeners would need to know about your life to understand why you help people in the way you do today? Oh, thank you for asking that, that Lori. Um, yeah, I, I really appreciate when people take all of who I am and, and really want to hear the lived experience. So I'm like, thank you. I, 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 I really feel that. Um, yeah, and I'm finding myself getting even a little emotional right now. Um, That's okay. We've had tears here. <laughs> um, I mean, my work. Um, wow, it's 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 um, it stems from my own um, my own battle and my own recovery from anorexia nervosa. Um, that was um, almost a ten year battle, uh, mixed in with all kinds of disordered eating from the start and, and, and more towards the end. Um, and, um, and why I am so passionate about this is because like what I read about eating disorders, um, often like in this, like when I went to grad school, um, and hearing like these mental health synopsises of eating disorders, it'd be this really small little paragraph of this really emaciated, white woman, um, and really talking about control issues. And I'm like, mm. wow, there's, it, I'm not seeing a whole lot of compassion. And I'm actually seeing a lot of judgment towards this person. Like nobody wants an eating disorder. And when folks tell me about their eating disorder, they tell me their lives and what has happened to them and that an eating disorder makes sense. But, um, but there isn't this like, I must be in control. It is just like, I don't know what to do. My mm. life and everything that happened to me, I had no agency in my life. Um, and so an eating disorder makes sense. And I mean, then people talk and they talk intersectionally, um, intersectionally about who they are. Um, and 
in terms of their their ethnicity, their race, their 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 gender, how how they have navigated in society and 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 and, and how an eating disorder interplays with that. So you could see there's a lot of complexity and a lot of nuance. And mm. for myself, my mother immigrated here from Peru, my father's first generation Italian. They my mother dealt with um, racism and assimilation by taking on what I call like an anti-fat lens. She was like, you must be thin. It's important mm-hmm. for you to be thin. And not because she was being mean or cruel, but it was more like, I'm trying to protect you. Mm-hmm. And so it, I just grew up in that kind of mentality. And then Peruvian culture, Italian culture, you're celebrating food. Yeah. So I would just get a lot of mixed messages around you have to eat all this food. This is important. Why you know, you're going to disrespect us if you don't, but you must remain thin. Um and as a 13-year-old, 14-year-old going through puberty where my body was changing, it was just a really chaotic time. And so mm. the only thing that made sense to me was, well then I'm going to retreat into myself and just not eat. Mm. Um, that was the only way I felt like I could make sense of all of everything that was happening. And it was also the only way I felt like this is the only way I could manage my feelings. So that's what I just, I just shrank, um, like figuratively and quite literally. Mm. And, um, um, and it wasn't until I began to read other testimonials of women of color with eating disorders that I began to see like, oh, my story makes sense. You know, they were talking about culture. They were talking about racism. They were talking about their intersectional identities and how that interplayed with their eating disorder. Um, and I felt like, oh my God, that story that was in my head, I'm like, no, other people are experiencing it. Like, I, I'm not alone here. Um, and, and we often hear that phrase, like, I'm not alone. And it sounds mm-hmm. kind of cliche, but when you're in it and you realize you're not alone, it's, it, it's incredible. Um, mm. So I had a lot of resources uh, to be able to go through recovery. And when I recovered, like the food and body liberation that I experienced, like for me to come into the totality of who I am, like completely as a person um, was, I I mean, it was, um, it was amazing. Um, And it was, I'm, I'm trying to find the words of like, it was our human right to come into that degree of we uh, of recovery, like how I felt very blessed. And then I also felt like, but we have a right to be who we are. We have a right to hold our truths. We have a right to step into 100% of whom we are. And my recovery, I did that. Mm. And so when I'm seeing that people are struggling with that and not being able to step into that um, because of how our society regards eating disorders and weight, um, it really devastates me. Um, And I will believe it, it enrages me as well because I'm like, why aren't we supporting people to step into whom they are? People want a great relationship with food and and their bodies. Um, And people want... Um, wherever they are in terms of their their abilities, want want movement in in their lives and want joyous movement and want to connect with others and want to enjoy food um, and the fact that we have so many messages around food and we have access issues when it comes to food as well and how we regard movement as this almost like punishment as opposed to our bodies like movement. Um, and, and, and to feel like whether it's dance or swim, I mean, just that kind of physical connection with ourselves and and each other and diet culture turns it into this really punishing regimen. It's like, no, 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 that's not what this is about or, or, or or what it should be about. And so Mm. I work with folks with full blown eating disorders who are really struggling and who are meant and who are medically in a dangerous place. Yes. I work with folks. And I also work with folks in running a body image group who are well, but you hear this really, this relationship with food and and, and their bodies and, and hanging on um, to weight loss goals. And, mm. um, and like, okay, how are we going to shift that? 
because your body is going to do what your body is going to do. And folks realizing like I have been chasing weight loss goals my entire life and I'm miserable. Mm. Um, and so it's, it's also like, how are we going to let some of these weight loss goals go? Um, because like for some folks, it's um, hearing like, well, I've, I, I'm, I'm, I'm eating nourishing foods. I'm eating and I'm enjoying eating. I, I'm, I'm spending time with my family. I am, I'm doing movement. And I'm like, that's great. And folks, I'm more flexible. Like, mm. I, I don't get out of breath as easy the way I do. I, I cook. Um, and then some folks say, but I haven't lost weight. I'm like, but you've just shared so many positive things. Yeah. And, 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 and sometimes they, they question themselves like, like, wow, I, I'm really hanging on to the weight loss because I just listed 10 wonderful changes in my life. Mm. Um, and, and I tell them it's not your fault. It's, 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 it's not your fault at all. You're doing all these changes. Um, but we have a diet culture that says like, but if your body doesn't change, you're, you're not doing this right. Or mm. Nothing, nothing matters. Exactly. I am firstly, I'm so sorry that you had to go through a 10 year battle with anorexia nervosa. I can't imagine the pain that you went through also being from a, you know, two different cultures and receiving those mixed messages at such a young age. That must have been terribly like confusing and challenging, but it's, it's, you're clearly helping people in such a, profound way now and and able to use that experience to support people to not make those not make those same mistakes but like to move themselves out of that quicker you had a 10-year battle with it and I want to move back to like the no compassion and judgment like how there was a lot of judgment from others like it's a control thing they need to be in control like looking from the outside in, it's really easy to judge. And I'd say that's the same with a lot of mental health problems. Like, you know, if you're depressed, you know how hard it is to get out of the bed every single morning and how hard and heavy life is. But on the outside, looking in, you might go, oh, that person's just lazy. So can you describe more about the lack of compassion we have towards people with eating disorders and how you think that the whole landscape needs to change? Hmm. That's a great question, Lori. Um, I um, so many folks in this field. When I say this field, I mean the field of of, of eating disorders. Um, um, will will share that this field is still in its infancy. Like mm. we are still not understanding. We're still not getting it. Um. um uh, let's see. Um, when I say we're not getting it, where we're not un- un- understanding, like we, there's so many ways. It's it's tied to um, it's tied to like like that that kind of people with eating disorders are just control freaks. Um, they're they're they just um, they just don't want to gain weight. Um, I'm like, Okay, you know, not to say like there's not some truth in that. Um, yet, um, I, I think um, one of the best ways to dismantle judgment is curiosity. Mm. Um, and how, how we need to be so curious, especially not just with eating disorders, but with, with mental health. I mean, I also work with folks with depression and anxiety um, and and I could feel my kind of capitalist judgment when I, I remember working with someone with the most debilitating depression I, I have ever worked with. And I could feel like, you know, just yeah. get out of bed, just take a shower, <laughs> you know, and I could just feel that pounding in me as I was sitting with her. And she looked at me with this despair, like she was, if I could, I would. She was, I am watching my life. And she was, it is so hard for me to watch my life like mm. this. And I was just, you know, feeling that. Um, and so the, the same thing with, with, with eating disorders. I mean, folks, um, 
share with me of, of like, I don't know what else to do. Um, mm. And um, there's, um, there's also a lot of um, sentiment too about people with eating disorders don't really recover. And so when we have all these, um, these kind of viewpoints, like they're control freaks who don't really recover, you can see like, there's almost the next Faint line of thinking is like, well, then why do we care? Why should we put resources into it? You know, mm. this is kind of a dead end, you know, um, uh, condition. Um, uh, and um, so, and what's also hard, uh, or is that like, like many other mental health, you know, illnesses, like it, it does require resources. Yeah, mm. it, it does. Um, it, it does require folks to be in intensive care because we are dismantling everything. Like an eating disorder, like like we are saying, like I need to hear everything and dismantle everything. We need to pretty much break apart the way you eat, and we need you. We we and we need to reteach and relearn your relationship with food and your body. Mm. That takes time and that takes a lot of resources. Uh, and what is hard about current eating disorder treatment is that it's very costly. So folks can't afford it. Um, it also, there's a um, folks have to take time off from work or school. And so trying to manage insurance and, 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 um, and one's current lives and their obligations also a, a, a challenge. Um, there's also a lot in, in the field about we must refeed folks. Um, and um, because the thinking is like they have starved brains, like, like what's the point of doing treatment on, on, a, on a malnourished brain? Let's just get that brain refed. Okay, you know, there is some degree of truth in that, you know, and I have worked with folks and I'm saying like, let's work on a plan to get you to eat a little bit more. And I've seen more engagement as, as the, as the um, eating gets more um, resumed, but not to say like where someone is at, they're not there and competent and telling you, I have an eating disorder story that, that needs to be shared with you wherever they are at. And, so how are we going to like listen to that story? Mm. Also, we just, um, a lot of early treatment on eating disorders was done on very privileged people. And for a lot of folks, they were in very emaciated bodies. So to refeed, they just went from emaciated bodies to a thin body. You know, life was still pretty grand for them. And actually as a thin body, um, they were, um, they, um, Got even like praise and even you know um, they were still able to navigate the world in a thin mm. body. I have worked with folks who have told me like if I get renourished and my body changes, it gets bigger, or I get misgendered, or mm-hmm. folks have to like my uh, folks um, folks will see me as a bigger person of color than where I am now. Like being bigger is actually going to cost me and it can be kind of dangerous. And Mm. so folks have shared, like, I'm a little reluctant to do some of this treatment, um, not because, um, you know, I don't want to gain weight and I, you know, it's it's not a shallow thing. And Mm. so there's a lot of, it's taken a lot of reworking in, in our eating disorder field to note, like, you know, the weight, and, and a body symbolizes so much and, and it's not a, this one dimensional shallow aspect. Um, and when folks regain weight to look at the consequences on a diet culture, that is not accepting of that. Mm. Um, so um, there's more work from some really great activists and really great clinicians about like, we need to go a little bit slower. We need to really bring in, a lot more like emotional um, um, 
therapy. We um, there's a lot of work on like when when folks are so caught in this crossfire about like I don't know what to do. Like I don't want my eating disorder, but but recovery and society is not supporting my recovery. And we're like, okay, let's acknowledge that. And then I think like like we have to go deeper than like what are your values? What's important to you? Because your values are what's going to where you're going to have to anchor time and time again um, because because of our, our diet culture that is so relentless in what it says about food and bodies. Mm. So I, the field needs to hear from more lived experience folks. Yeah. Need to hear from more folks who don't meet the stereotype um, of who gets an eating disorder. So we're looking at older folks. We're looking at people of color. We're looking at men. We're looking at trans folks, queer folks, folks with disabilities, um, folks in large bodies, fat folks, and who we just assume don't have eating disorders. And, mm. and in fact, they have a lot of eating disorders. And I will say, and not just binge eating. Often when I'm yeah. seeing folks like, oh, they have binge eating. I'm like, no, 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 no. What this person is telling me, like they have anorexia or they have bulimia nervosa. Like they are in a full-blown medically red flag eating disorder. Mm. Um, and we need to hear from, from, from folks, um, more and more, um, about their lived experience with eating disorders and what they can teach us about this field. Are you tired of constantly feeling burnt out while trying to achieve your goals? Do you find yourself struggling to maintain motivation and productivity over long periods of time? I'd like to introduce you to the Goal Getting Journal, the ultimate solution for those of you who want to surpass their goals without burning out. Our journal is designed to help you set achievable goals, track your progress, and maintain a healthy work-life balance. With our journal, you'll discover practical strategies for managing stress, staying motivated, and avoiding burnout, including time blocking, habit stacking, and so much more. You'll also learn how to prioritize your tasks and maximize your productivity so you can get more done in less time. The Goal-Getting Journal is perfect for anyone who wants to achieve their goals without sacrificing their mental health and well-being. Whether you're an entrepreneur, a student, or just someone who wants to make any positive change in your life, the Goal-Getting Journal can help you stay on track and avoid burnout. And for Holistic Fitness Podcast listeners, you can get 20% off your first journal using the code HF podcast. Go to goalgettingjournal.com and type HF podcast at checkout to get your discount. So what are you waiting for? Order the Goal Getting Journal today and start getting your goals without burning out. It sounds like what you're bringing to this field really is, you know, we talk about holistic fitness here where we bring in the emotional side to fitness and nutrition, but you're really doing that with with eating disorders in terms of the impact that one's culture can have on an eating disorder or, you know, how we can't judge somebody just from the outset because they look a different way that, you know, we completely discount them from having a disorder. And it sounds like you're really teaching people and providing some more holistic resources to support recovery. Something you mentioned that you had was you said that you had a lot of resources um, when you went through recovery and you felt very blessed, but you also had a 10-year battle with anorexia nervosa. And I know that you're having a lot of conversations and you're supporting people with their disordered eating patterns and eating disorders. Can you provide some specific examples of resources that support people when they go through their recovery? Like if someone was listening right now thinking that they might have a problem, of course, go get the medical attention you deserve. But do you have any like tangible things, you know, just like really help people out? Um, like if someone were, were, were listening right now, um, there are um, there are a couple of websites, um, Project Heal and Equip, you know, doing some online work with eating disorders um, and to, to, to call um, equip because um, they actually provide treatment online and you can get an assessment. You, you, you can actually talk to someone and seeing where you are, where you are, are at. Um, so that's like a very practical step. Um, but where someone might be uh, um, like listening and be like, I'm, I'm kind of scared to do this. Yeah. 
Um, and so I, I want to acknowledge, like, it is scary. Um, I, I hear you on feeling like I'm, I've got everything, I've got everything to lose giving up my, my eating disorder. And I want to say like, yeah, that's real. That, that, that is absolutely real. Um, so I'm not going to deny or, or minimize that in any way. I am just hoping that you can, you can do some kind of self-reflective work of saying, hmm, I would like to be more than my eating disorder. Mm. And I'm going to say you absolutely deserve that. Absolutely 1,000% deserve to be more than your eating disorder. Is your eating disorder protecting you and functioning on some and helping you function on some level? Absolutely. And perhaps in many ways, your eating disorder is helping you survive something you probably couldn't. Mm. Uh, and, and that, and thank you for your eating disorder for that. And it would be, it would be good to let go of that or perhaps even repurpose your eating disorder so that you find other ways to cope in, in your life and you find other ways to, um, um, to be in your life that doesn't involve something as harmful as an eating disorder. Um, and so I, you know, want, want to, to, to say that, um, I also want to say like, be, be gentle on, on, on yourself. Like one day you'll feel like recovering the next year. Like I can't. Um, and that's part of, of, of the process as, as, as well. Um, and so, um, there is nothing linear about recovery um, mm. and um, and being gentle and um, and compassionate and, and forgiving of yourself is is absolutely important in, in this process. Um, and um, you deserve to recover. You deserve to be 100 percent your your who who you are. Absolutely. And so, um, and if you are, of all this sounds scary, like, you know, do the values work. Like what is important mm. to you values wise? Um, and some books are, well, I, I don't know. I, I, I have nothing. I'm like, think of anything in, in your life that is important to you. Um, think of how you like, how you want to show up. For, for folks that is important to you sometimes or think about what's in your life right now and folks have said like my pets are important to me I'm like great absolutely you know so so anything that is important to you right now and and thinking about like how you want to show up um for for yourself and and others and and society um and it's a lifelong journey to do that, like moving past your eating disorder and then just that, that continual work. And so mm. it's, it's, it's not overnight. Um, and it is, it, it is, it is such a, um, it is such a process. Yeah. And I think that values work is so important, you know, whether it's an eating disorder, whether it's a habit you're looking to change in general, and it's something that we're not taught. And it's, I find that with values, it's hard to discern what's your value versus what's an inherited value because somebody might sit there and say, Oh, I really enjoy like really nice, luxurious things. And it's like, mm -hmm. is your value wealth from your family or is your value wealth from yourself? Right. Um, and for me, it took, I was like 24 or 25, or maybe I was 23, but it was towards my mid 20s when I actually learned about like learning what my values were. And it was in cognitive behavioral therapy. And it just blew my mind yeah. because then everything, you know, I actually had the privilege of the therapist working through these to kind of get to my values. Um, how, have, how have you helped people like really understand their values? Because with diet culture, that could be driving a, disor a disordered eating pattern, you know? So right. how do you help people like understand their values and then like change behaviors off the back of that? Uh, that's a great question. Because, um, yeah, it's not just folks with eating disorders. Even folks yeah. coming in who are just in, in a 
diet mindset um, mm. and are just so like, I, I can only be happy if I lose weight. Um, and so many times that, that values work takes time. Um, like folks might start off saying, well, it is important for me to lose weight. That is a value of mine. Um, and um, at times it's coming back to that over and, and, and over again. Um, many times it's um, asking like, where did that value come from? Mm. And they'll hear like all kinds of stories um, and, or, or they'll, they'll, they'll share. And then um, there's, uh, and then I'll, I'll ask like, like, like when was the last time you felt just free? in your mm. body and, and they'll share like you know childhood stories where they remark like I wasn't thinking about anything um when it came to like my body and food and um and for some folks for many folks like that the last time they they felt that liberated um and free was at a really young young age and so there's often this time, like, so your things shifted when you were really young. So mm. it means like what you've learned, it's kind of just really rooted and, and, and cemented. Um, and there's, a, um, there's a lot of work and there's, you know, um, uh, there's a, a particular activist, her name is Sonia Renee Taylor. And, and she, you know, wrote the book, The Body is Not an Apology. And I, and I use that book constantly. Um, mm. She she talks about like those things that you're saying to yourself, that's not your voice. Yeah. You know, your authentic voice is a much different voice. We just have to find it. But your authentic voice is actually quite loving. Mm. Um, and so um, so when when folks are, uh, when, when we're looking at like, let's say someone says like weight loss is my value. Like at times, like asking, like, are you happy with that? And, and folks will share, I, I have, I've yet to meet someone who's like, yeah, I am completely happy. I've done it. And here I am happy. Um, mm. I have yet to meet someone who is, who has said like, I am much happier now that I have lost weight. I will meet folks that have no, like, particularly when their weight fluctuates, have said, like, um, society is more receptive of me at, <laughs> at a lower weight. I'm like, well, that's very different. And, and, and noting, like, and when my weight shifts, there are shifts in how, um, in how um, receptive society is to me. Um, and so them, them noting that, like, as I'm navigating through different weights, um, so, um, and if, and, and folks who are like, who have a value of weight loss, <clears throat> excuse me, um, you know, asking like, so then what is your life like? And for them to share, like, there is this constant in my head about what I'm eating, what I'm not eating, you know, um, and, and, and using a, a language of like, I have to earn my food, I have to work out. And, and, I, and I ask like, well, let's slow down because that, how does that make you feel? Mm. And 100% folks are like, I'm not enjoying any of this. Mm. But then comes the other flip side of like, but if I liberated food, I would eat everything in sight. I would eat like candies and cookies and chips all day. And then, so we then have a conversation about like, actually you wouldn't, but yeah. in the beginning you might, because your body's on pleasure deprivation and mm -hmm. bodies don't like that. Um, we wouldn't eat chips and candy and cookies and <laughs> ice cream all, all day. Um, we, we don't want to, um, we want a variety of foods but when you're in deprivation, you're going to have a backlash of, of things. Mm. So I've worked with folks like I, I'm, I'm just eating a lot of these foods. I'm like, give it time. And then the power of those foods will go away because you won't be in a deprived state anymore. Um, mm. And so, um, I mean, I, I, I often 
like share with with folks um, and, and and you know been on um, uh, on on podcasts that, that talk about like wholesome and 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 holistic health and fitness and um, and, and and food and you know I, I share one of my favorite stories of that you know when I went to Italy in 2018 um, it was summer and it was this a nice day and and every um, every there's a piazza in every city or, or every mm-hmm. neighborhood in, in, yeah. in Italy. Um, and it's like a, it's like a town square. Um, and it was evening and everybody was just out and cause it was a mm. warm night and everyone was just out. Nobody was on their cell phones. Everyone was just talking to each other. And it was, it was, it was chatty. Um, and pretty much everyone had an ice cream mm. and they were just enjoying themselves and I said like that you know um I didn't hear tension I didn't even hear so much focus on the ice cream people wanted more to connect but they were enjoying their ice cream as well Mm. um there was English being spoken and and, and Mm. other languages um but I you know and just from all the English that I heard I I didn't hear anyone being like oh god I ate that ice cream I'm gonna have to make sure I walk extra it it was just this really enjoyable time and so I I I I point out to folks that that this 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 fear of us overindulging and eating nonstop is just not true um our Mm. bodies will um be satisfied um absolutely it sounds like when it comes to values when it comes to eating it's all about like what drains you and what energizes you because weight loss weight loss may not be a, a value because maybe your weight loss is draining you having that voice in your head of oh my goodness i've eaten this gelato i'm gonna have to walk for a few kilometers that's draining whereas like the true value may be health it's I want to take actions towards my health. Um, ideally, I'm within a, and this is in air quotes, healthy BMI range. Um, you know, body mass index isn't, is a great indicator for many people, but isn't the best indicator for everyone. Um, I'm bodybuilders. I'm looking at you. Um, and it also sounds like that body liberation can be scary. And I know that you mentioned that when you went through recovery, um, that food and body liberation just felt amazing to you. And I know you speak on this topic. So tell me more about like what body liberation is and why we should be working towards that. Mm. Uh, I believe that body liberation is when you and your body are aligned and that we live in a society that is supporting that alignment. Um, and that, um, the word health, um, I really want to use that word, but I feel like our medical system has really, um, kind of, um, polluted it on some level where Mm. it's, it, it can, it can feel judgy, um, but yet folks use that word and I, I hear them when they're saying, I do want to be healthy. And I'm like, mm. of course you do. Like we want <laughs> our, our bodies to function. Um, we want, um, like wherever they, they, they can in, in, in their abilities because folks have different, differing uh, abilities. Um, and so we, we want our, our bodies to be optimal um in the abilities that that they are they are at we want access to foods um to make choices um Mm. that feel that feel um nourishing that that feel um wonderful that feel connecting um and we we want to be able to have activities that are fun and enjoyable Um, BMI is a tricky tool in that like it, it it tells folks where they're at, but it can also not share a whole lot of, mm. of information. So um like like I've I've had folks share me like, but I'm in an unhealthy BMI range. I'm like, well, we need to look at 
that um and that like like what else is going on mm. in your body like um if if you are having a great relationship with food and you are getting into movement and you're finding yourself being able to sleep well and you're more <laughs> flexible than you've been um and and all these things your your, your numbers are, are great but you have a high bmi like are you really unhealthy um yeah. so i i i I don't like it when BMI is used as like, this is the indicator of health. It's like, well, we need to take a step back. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to hear how you're sleeping. Yeah. I want to hear um, how it, how you, you feel in your, in your body. Um, I want us to use weight in a way of like, let's see what's happening for, for your body. Like one of my good friends is a, is a nurse and she was telling me, like, I, I, I want to see, you know, I, I do want to get people's weights because if someone has, um, if someone's weight has increased, she goes, I want to know because I want to know, like, has there been fluid retention? Has there been other things happening to the body that I need to know of? Not so much to judge someone going, you're not taking care of yourself, but like, why has your body shifted? And so she's like, I want to know these things. Mm. Um, and, um, so, um, so I, I, I want to support folks when they're saying, I, I, I want to be healthy and Mm. I will ask folks like, then let's really define health for for you. Because I also don't want you to be depressed and anxious and stress. Those, (laughs) I don't want those things. That's not healthy. Um, even if your BMI is in the optimal range, if you're telling me that you're stressed every single day, I'm like that, that does that, that is not healthy for, for me. Hey, holistic fitness fam, a quick message from one of our sponsors, Ned. As you all know, I recommend good nutrition, movement, and stress management practices before supplementing. So you know what type of supplementation that your body actually needs. For me, I supplement with very few products, but Ned is one of them. I'm a type A, high energy, ambitious business girly with massive goals. And sometimes I honestly just need to chill out and relax a bit. I've found that both Ned's de-stress and sleep blends fit in with my busy lifestyle and ambitious goals, but I was honestly not a big fan of CBD products before trying Ned, mostly because of the culture surrounding weed. I just didn't want something that was going to alter my state of mind so that I became much less of a goal getter or less ambitious. That was until I learned about full-spectrum hemp and their benefits. Ned blends a chock full of premium CBD and a full-spectrum hemp of active cannabinoids. Ned's full-spectrum hemp oil nourishes the body's endocannabinoid system to offer functional support for stress, sleep, inflammation, and balance. These products are science-backed, nature-based solutions that offer an alternative to prescription and over-the-counter drugs. All of Ned's full-spectrum hemp oil is extracted from USDA-certified organic hemp plants grown by an independent farmer named Jonathan in Colorado. I'm obviously a big fan, but don't take just my word for it. Ned CBD products have over 2,000 five-star reviews, and they work with incredible partners in the medical field like Dr. Caroline Leaf, Dr. Christian Gonzalez, and Dr. Will Cole. Ned is providing Holistic Fitness podcast listeners a very special discount. If you'd like to give Ned a try, listeners get 15% off Ned products with the code Lori Lee. L-O-R-I-L-E-E. Thanks, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering a natural remedy to bring balance to so many people's well-being. I'm extremely passionate about sleep and recovery, and I feel like sleep is one a huge marker for health. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can be within, yeah, quote-unquote, healthy body weight ranges. And, you know, they're definitely... There definitely are physical markers for health, for sure. But there are a lot of other markers that I feel are discounted within traditional health systems that we are getting a lot more research on. But um, there's definitely a ways to go in terms of measuring that. Right. Yeah. You strike me as the type of person that has a few um, 
weight loss myths that grind your gears. Can you tell me, <laughs> can you tell me if anything, like in terms of weight loss, weight loss diet culture grinds your gears and set, set the record straight for us? <laughs> <laughs> that was, true. Uh, <laughs> I want folks to make decisions on food that, that feel good. Um, mm. And so I know I keep using this like feel good, feel good, feel good. Um, and I also want folks like, like work on having a trusting relationship with you and your body and food. And with that experiment, experiment with, with food. Um, and so folks have shared, like, I notice I have a certain reaction when I eat, you know, X amount of, let's say sugar or wheat or saying, I notice I have this reaction when I have dairy. Um, and so I just need to be mindful or, you know, et cetera. And particularly as we get older, our, our bodies changes as well. And so I just want to have for folks to have that kind of curiosity and experimentation and, and making mm. those decisions of, I want to feel good in my body. What I don't like is when I see various prescribed diets coming in. Yeah, that totally grinds my gears when it's yeah. like I see these like keto and paleo and and intermittent fasting and and I see these 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 diets um, and I see the way they're like sensationalized, you know, in 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 in, in the news. Um, and um, I and I feel as, as and, and at times I'm I'm looking at the ads and I'm looking at mm -hmm. various um, aspects of it, and it's always about weight loss. And I'm yeah. like, okay, that then that 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 kind of shifts for me because then you're chasing weight loss again as opposed to like, sure, experiment, you know, see what see how how it is if you're eating less of this or more of that. Um, you know, we, we all, I, I think experimenting with food is really Im important. Um, and, um, and, 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 and your bodies will uh, adjust to that. I, I, I have a hard time when folks are like, well, I'm, I, I didn't stop. I, I, I stopped experimenting because I wasn't losing weight. And I'm like, Oh, but see, like that wasn't really the point. Um, mm. I mean, sometimes your body will lose weight, or sometimes it won't. Um, I it, it's more of like the diet culture that keeps putting weight loss on everything and then ties it up in this like wellness package. I'm like, no, mm. it's still about weight loss and someone thinking something didn't work because they didn't lose weight. Whereas I'm like, but. I love the fact that you were looking to experiment with, with mm -hmm. food. like, okay, this works, this, this doesn't work. Um, I, I also don't like hearing when like there's good foods, bad foods and yes. oh, we don't need to moralize food that way. Yeah. Let's not label them. <laughs> no. And so that also grinds my gears of like, but if you continue with that, you're going to continue to have this very tormented relationship with food um, um, because these bad foods, one is like a cookie and an ice cream. Why, why wouldn't we enjoy that um, mm. um, as opposed to labeling it bad because then you're not enjoying it because you're like, I'm not being good. I'm having ice. And it's like, Ah, so then are you really enjoying that experience as opposed to um, ice cream for just what it 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 is um, or yeah. cookie or chips for, for what they are as opposed to that good and good food, bad food that will completely take over that experience. So, no, I I don't like the way diet culture comes in and just um kind of takes that curiosity um, mm. and our, our, and, and destroys our abilities to trust and regulate ourselves and be attuned to our, our bodies. Um, I mean, I, I will say like, I'm, I'm 52 and there are foods I can't eat anymore. Not because I think they're bad foods, but I'm like, whoa, my, <laughs> I, 
my, my, my body doesn't tolerate those foods any, anymore. Yeah, that makes total sense. And the funny thing is, is my gripe with fitness culture is similar to your gripe with diet culture. <laughs> my gripe is like taking away the curiosity from movement and then having this prescribed method of how everybody should do movement or like spot training, like, oh, do this 30 day booty program and you'll get a booty. And it's like, no. Some people will need to eat like five meals a day to get a booty. Other people will have one without exercising. You know what I mean? Like it's those prescribed programs that take away that sense of curiosity. And hey, I'm a fitness trainer. So if you want to lose weight, I'll help you lose weight. But let's dig into why you want to lose weight. And let's talk about the curiosity of eating different foods, of trying different things and figuring out what works for you rather than, you know, grinding yourself and burning out for a goal that, you're probably just wanting to impress other people, then that's actually authentically you. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. Look, we are coming up to a close and we do have a closing question, Marcella. Yes. And that question is, if you were sitting across the table from your 20-year-old self right now, what what just one sentence of advice would you give her? Mm. I would say... I would say trust the decisions you want to make for yourself. That is such sweet advice. I mean, a lot of what you spoke about today and folks not knowing what to do with with regards to eating disorders, a lot of it is lacking that trust in yourself and needing to build that trust in yourself. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Aww. It has been so wonderful to have you. I'm sure many people, especially those that resonate with having disordered eating patterns or just people in general, will want to get to know more about your work. So where can we all find you? You can find me um, on social media and on Instagram at Dr. Marcella Raimondo. Um, You could follow me there. Uh, You can also go to my website at Marcella edtraining.com and um, I have a I have a newsletter uh, so you can also find find me there as as well awesome it's I'm sure that that'll also be in the show notes as well and I'm sure that many people will want to learn more about you thank you so much for joining us today Marcella oh, thank you so much for having me Lori this was great Yay. And for everybody listening at home, in the car or wherever you are today, eat well, move well, breathe well. And until next time, keep shining.